Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. Welcome to the second of two episodes on low-falling numbers with Kim Garland-Campbell and Camille Stieber. It's interesting, this simple idea of low-falling numbers is really much more complicated than a simple low-falling number. Welcome to biology. Welcome to our world. (laughs) Well, and then then the other complicating factor is that the, you know, as as breeders, um, we want to select for resistance, but the genes controlling these responses aren't the same. so uh, some of them overlap. Some of them do control both response to LMA and response to uh, pre-harvest sprouting, but some don't. And so we, we need to kind of figure it out as breeders so that regardless, you know, of what causes it, growers can choose varieties that have, have good, um, stable falling numbers. And uh, so this is, I, I often say this to growers, like, this is something I need to worry about. You don't need to worry about it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, what I want to do is make sure that, and and Mike and Aaron also, all three of us want to make sure that when we're selecting something that has higher falling numbers, um, we understand the reasons why okay. and stuff like that. So, so we got, your work has kind of allowed uh, us to take a look at what we have today and mm-hmm. decide whether it is right. going forward. Um, with the information you're gaining, mm-hmm. do you see hope for developing uh, cultivars that are resistant to pre-harvest sprouting and still emerge yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, I do and actually. Resistant yeah. to this uh, uh, late al- yeah. late maturity alpha amylase problem. Right, yeah. I'm pretty proud of the work that we've done recently on yeah. LMA. It, it's yeah. been an uphill battle. It's uh-huh. a very difficult trait to work with because it's highly variable. So it's not just that it, it causes me a headache in the lab because two independent experiments look quite different from each other. I think the farmers see it too. You'll sometimes have people come to me and say, look, I and the farmer next door planted the same variety and I had a low falling numbers problem, but he didn't. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because this late maturity alpha amylase problem, there's like a five day window in development during which a cold temperature swing causes the production of alpha amylase or okay. low-falling number. So if one man's crop was a little bit ahead or a little bit behind the other, yeah. he might get lucky and dodge the bullet, mm-hmm. whereas the other guy winds up with a LMA problem. And there's lots of things that can affect that, right? Depth of seeding, mm-hmm. uh, fertilizer, yeah. a number of and topography, topography. You know, if you're up yeah. on the hill or down yeah. in a dry, okay. you know. So. Oh, it gets very complicated yeah. very quickly, doesn't right. it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I know this is a huge issue for, for many growers, and um, particularly in the years, it's a problem. It's mm-hmm. a real problem. Um, so I, I'm really encouraged by this work. Where can our listeners go to learn more about uh, low-falling numbers? I know, I know we have some stuff on the Small Grains website. What about you two? Do you have your own There's the- sites? There's our falling numbers website, steeperlab.org. Okay. You want to but spell that for our listeners? S-T-E-B as in boy, E-R, 
lab, L-A-B dot O-R-G. Okay. And um, we just had a, a falling numbers workshop in Spokane uh, a month ago. And uh, the uh, Wheat All About It podcast okay. is going to have coverage of that falling numbers workshop. So you mm-hmm. should be listening, uh, for listening Scott's, in on uh, that. Right. Mm-hmm. And Kim and I will be writing a Wheat Leaf Wheat Life article that should be coming out in mm-hmm. um, May. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I did want to say one more thing about the emergence issue. I was talking with Aaron uh, Carter, and we're going to kind of go back to a, a thing that breeders have done for a long time where we select, you know, when we're trying to select for negatively correlated traits. And one example is um, high protein and high yield in hard red winter wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want both high protein and high yield, but they they move in opposite directions, right. and so um, you use various types of index selection and 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 uh, things like that. And so, like for example, what we thought we would do in our breeding programs is select hard using some of the molecular markers that we have for pre-harvest sprouting resistance, and then take that material out to Lind and plant it really deep. And okay. see what comes up, you know, so that we at least have already put some resistance in there. Uh, so anyway, that's our that's our approach going forward. So uh, you know, because emergence from depth mm-hmm. is so important in the, in, mm-hmm. in the drier areas, particularly uh, out in the lower rainfall areas around Lind, is it less of a problem when the cultivars mm-hmm. develop for this higher rainfall areas where we don't where that's not a big issue? Yeah, and I think I think if you just look at the variety rankings, you'll see that many of the varieties that are grown in the higher rainfall area actually have very good resistance to low falling numbers, but those aren't the ones that are oh, grown God. out there for a reason because they don't come up as well, you know, oh. so. Well, you breeders so. have your work cut out for right, you because yeah. those are two traits you want and they're negatively correlated. Yeah, so right, uh, yeah. But luckily we've, we've dealt with things like that before, so. I never said why I'm really pleased about our LMA research Mm-hmm. We have reached the point now where we have mapped um, quantitative trait loci or genes that okay. affect that trait, mm-hmm. and some of them overlap with those mm-hmm. previously published by the Australians for LMA. Mm-hmm. So it's our hope that that's going to help us with selection, especially since the trait is very tricky to score. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's excellent. That should really be yeah. key to moving forward. I guess do you, you two see a timeline on when you might when people might start seeing – material like this coming out of a breeding program? Well, I think, um, you know, in the last three years, uh, especially, all of the breeders have realized that this is a very important trait. You know, like at least the public sector breeders, we can't release a line from WSU or from the USDA that is susceptible Whereas three years ago, we still kind of could, you know. <laughs> okay. So from now on, you'll see coming out of the, the public sector programs that we have some level of resistance in, in all the material that goes out the door. Um, and I, I think, in, uh, you know, the breeding program is like a big, it's a big pipeline or I've likened it to a battleship, you know. So you don't just turn it around on a dime. You're always trying to kind of move it a little bit. But I, I, I do think that with the emphasis on it and the problems that this trait has caused for growers um, and the economic losses that we've all gotten the message and it's like, okay, 
make sure that's in there, you know. <laughs> so. and, and Camille, you mentioned Australia. Mm-hmm. They they kind of have a they've had a problem with the late maturity alpha amylases. So do you have is there they, yeah they cooperation the, going on between Australia and the U.S. or they're, they're one of our trade uh, uh, competitors. competitors? Competitors. That's yeah. yeah I was going to yes. use a different word, but uh, uh-huh. competitor is a good word. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but it still allow allow interaction between the two for. So, yeah, they were the first to describe it. And um, we've been rather fortunate in that our release cultivars that have the problem have all had the version of LMA where you need to have a cold event before you see problems with low falling number. Mm-hmm. The Australians actually had released varieties that had the more extreme version of LMA where no cold fluctuation needed. Oh, really? The, pro- the trait is always expressed. and. Uh, and actually, I've become interested in that because that's useful for mapping. But we were fortunate in that we did not reach that point. Uh, I think that our quality checks on our breeding programs prevented us from reaching that point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the Australians discovered that problem. They thought it was the reason that their falling numbers were not as good as ours, generally speaking, and one of the reasons that Japan preferred our wheat. Mm-hmm. So. They've been working for a long time on trying to prevent late maturity alpha amylase in their breeding programs. They actually have it as a a nationwide standard that all varieties must pass an LMA test two years in a row before they can be released. Interesting. So we have a global problem that really can be quite an issue here locally, Mm -hmm. and we have a very good team working on it Mm -hmm. and with some good hope for progress in the very near future. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.